Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue 153, where we strongly recommend, but only lightly review, that's a big deal, the best of the new comic books that just came out this last Wednesday, April 18th. And this particular podcast won't give you a high five, but it's going to give you a crazy mad mid-10. Remember those? If you do, right on. (laughs) I'm your host and comic book advocate, Chris Latore. I hope you're doing well. I hope your loved ones and your family are all doing good as well. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. It really means a lot to me. And I'd appreciate it even more if you would just hit the subscribe button. Go check out our Sunspots Comics past podcast feed. It's robust. And also check us out on all the social media. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, even YouTube. At all very one easy to find place, all with one name, at Sunspots Comics. That's right. That's right. It all leads to me, Chris. So let's start out now with some thank yous and some shout outs. So first off, I want to thank our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Check them out at popuptea.com. If you love a ginormical selection of nerdy t-shirts to buy, then you are going to love popuptea.com. Man, they've got a ton of stuff. Any nerdy thing you can think of, they have a shirt for it. Or they even take another sort of genre and mash it together. Just all in the area of nerddom. It's fantastic. But most importantly, go to popuptea.com and use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS to get 25% off any shirt order. Even the clearance stuff. Like their clearance shirts are like 10 11 bucks. You'll still get an extra 25% off if you use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS. And they've been f- very kind enough to give us a couple of bucks whenever that promo code is used. So if you want to help the podcast out as well, go to popuptea.com and buy some nerdy t-shirts. And also thank you to my friend Nick Papa George. He sings our Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his band called Solution. He's the lead singer and the guitarist. Go to solutionmusic.net and facebook.com slash solutionreggae for links to their music and some upcoming show dates are in there too. If you just love reggae, rock, ska, just feel good music overall, you're going to love Solution. Check them out, solutionmusic.net. Thank you, for Nick, for doing our fantastic theme song. I love it. And also thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori for his work on our Sunspots comic spinoff podcast called Sunspots Scene. Sunspots Scene is my son, Jables, and a couple of buddies, Moises, Matt, sometimes even this guy, Jonah. Uh, they call themselves the Kung Pao 3 Delight, <laughs> and I love that nickname. Uh, they actually uh, focus their podcast upon movies and TV shows of all genres, not just comic books. Sometimes they even play like a little hilarious goofy game at the very end, so you gotta wait until the credits are over if you know what I mean. Wait till they're sweeping the theater, because you'll find sometimes find a little goofy game that they play. Uh, episode 16 is available where they, um, my son Justin Jables had a co-host, guest co-host named Jonah, and it's actually where they review the movie Ready Player One. They also talk about the book in detail, Ready Player One. It's a fantastic, super, super nerdy Ready Player One discussion. I love it. Please check it out. If you already subscribed to our Sunspots Comics podcast, you're going to already see it on the feed called Sunspot Scene. They're also on all the podcatchers and SoundCloud, and you can just follow along with them on Instagram at Sunspot Scene. So thank you, Jables, my son. Very proud of him. Next up, uh, some shout outs. 
I actually visited uh, six comic book shops in the California Bay Area uh, last weekend, and I wanted to say hello and give their comic book shops some shout-outs. The first off is uh, Eaton at Cape and Cowl in Oakland. He has a super kind of new, hip, modern-feeling comic book shop with some interesting, unique selections. Uh, Some hard-to-find stuff. I love it. Thank you, Eaton, by the way, for recommending the Rudy's Can't Fail Diner. Uh, which is fantastic. It's super close to Cape and Cowl and is actually part owned by Mike Durnt of Green Day, which is pretty cool. And they have a killer breakfast burrito, by the way. Um, So thank you, Eaton, at Cape and Cowl Comics in Oakland. Second, uh, thank you to Yule and Kyle. Hey, guys, at Fantastic Comics in Berkeley. They easily have the largest, uh, physically largest store of all the Bay Area that I visited. They have a humongous comic book shop. Uh, there's absolutely something for everyone there. Um, Yule has this cool little sidekick puppy in the store with him at all times. Adorable. That's very cool. But they've got a ton of stuff there. Huge supporters of Aftershock Comics. Uh, check them out. Fantastic comics in Berkeley. So hello to Yule and Kyle. And uh, third, hello to Michael, Jack, Paul, Jesse, and Jessica. If I missed anyone, I apologize. At the Escapist Comic Book Store. <laughs> there's a lot of people that work this little shop. It is a staple of the Berkeley community for the last 30 years. It's They have such an, an amazing selection of really hard-to-find comics. They had things on my list that really helped me out that I've been on, this, I've been on the hunt and scouring for a long time. Um, so thank you guys at uh, Escapist Comic Book Store. You guys have an impressive, impressive selection of ultra-rare comics. I love it. Uh, and thank you again for helping me check some box, some check some off my list. So I've I got some great comic books at The Escapist in Berkeley. So hello again to all you guys. And also hello there to Paula, Nick, and Katie at Dr. Comics and Dr. Games. Uh, Thanks again, Paula, for the invite to the salsa dancing. I'm sorry we didn't make it out there, Um, but that was so sweet of you just to invite to do a little dancing in in the salsa nature. You're probably better off that I didn't go there and dance. It would have been a train wreck. But um, yes, uh, Dr. Comics and Dr. Games, another staple of the Oakland community for the last 30 years. Actually, in August will be their 30-year anniversary. So so congrats to you guys there at Dr. Comics and Dr. Games in Oakland. Uh, 30 years, that's amazing. They have over 300 pull list members. I mean, that's impressive. So they're doing it right. They got it all. And they easily have the biggest manga selection I have ever seen, ever. Uh, Ask Nick for a manga recommendation. He is absolutely a manga aficionado. He gave me two recommendations that I cannot wait to read. He actually gave me more than two, but I think uh, I'm going to focus on two that he gave me. But check out Dr. Comics and Dr. Games in Oakland if you want to get, get some great manga selections, but also they're huge supporters of independent comics like Aftershock Comics uh, that I work for. So thank you guys and hello. Next up, hello to Cougar and Desmond at Whatever Comics in San Francisco. Uh, They've got a cool brand new spot they just moved into. Uh, They have so many cool little spots to eat and hang out and have some coffee right there where they are in San Francisco. Check out Whatever Comics. Uh, Huge supporters of Aftershock Comics. Thank you so much for that. If you're looking to read an Aftershock comic, ask Cougar. He knows them all. He reads them all. And he will make a fantastic uh, recommendation in the Aftershock Comics area. He is a big advocate. So thank you, Cougar. Thank you, Desmond, at Whatever Comics in San Francisco. And the sixth and last place, I want to say a big hello to Doug at Comics Experience, the Comic Experience in San Francisco. By the way, they're right next door to the one of the best coffee shops I've ever been to, maybe the best coffee shop in San Francisco. I visited like four or five places uh, called Sight Glass. By the way, very cool. 
just a neat little kind of eclectic design and a lot of wood features in this place. But Sight Glass, what a cool coffee shop. And uh, But also, Comics Experience, huge supporter of indie comics. They have been in business at the same location in San Francisco for 29 years. Another one that's coming up on 30 years in the business. I love to hear when shops are staying in business, comic book shops are staying in business for for that many years. That's impressive. Uh, you should be proud. Thank you for doing it and staying there. And it's there were some tough years. There's, I imagine in comics, it's a lot of tough years. But um, thank you to the folks at The Comics Experience. And thank you, Doug, by the way, for Mad Magazine issue number one, <clears throat> which I'm really excited to read and have some chuckles and laughs. I, I don't know why they numbered uh, number one beside I know they're owned by DC Comics and maybe they saw sales dipping and they thought, well, let's just renumber Mad Magazine to number one. Well, they got me. I'm a sucker for it. I fell for it. But I'm, I'm excited to look at Mad Magazine. Uh, thanks, Doug, for having it. Nowhere else had it. It's been kind of sold out everywhere or not ordered in other shops. But the comic experience in San Francisco had it for me. So thanks, Doug. And hello to everyone that I visited. And thank you again for supporting Aftershock Comics. That's what I do for my job. I go uh, to comic book shops all over the place and support Aftershock Comics. Talk about all the comics that we have because uh, I read them all. And just ultimately say thank you for selling our stuff. And that's what it's really all about. So please support your local comic book shops. If you're in the, in the Bay Area, stop by and say hello to those wonderful folks. Uh, they're just fantastic shops in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley. Please tell them that Chris from Aftershock Comics uh, said hello on the Sunspots Comics podcast. Uh, so check those out and please support your local comic book shops. And again, thank you to everyone that I visited over the weekend. So now let's get into the Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 153, starting out with some stuff that's been floating around inside my nerd brain. The first nugget of nerd that's lodged so deeply in my nerd lobes is that Action Comics hits a huge milestone with its 1,000th issue. Yeah, wow, a thousand. Isn't that crazy? It's 80 pages long. Uh, it's crazy to think that a lot of these characters are 80 years old. I mean, Lois and, and Clark and so on and uh, Jimmy. And, and a few others. Some of them kind of trickled in throughout the years. But uh, it's amazing to think that Superman's been around that long, 80 years. It's, it's, that's just quite a, uh, it's a legacy. It's, it's set the standard for comics. It's the one that's always compared to whenever you talk about reading a comic book. Um, and man, for 80 years old, they're all still looking pretty darn good. <laughs> but congrats to the folks at DC for keeping the boy in blue. Uh, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. So thank you and congratulations, Action Comics. I read it. Uh, check it out. It's got a lot of little mini issuettes in it, a lot of ton of little stories, and even a Man of Steel peek into the uh, Brian Michael Bendis new Man of Steel that's coming out very soon at the very, very end. But a lot of little mini issuettes, kind of an anthology, if you will. I mean, a, a thousand issues, 80 years. Quite the achievement. Fan fantastic. Thank you and congratulations to DC Comics for uh, Superman being that old. It's crazy. And another thing stuck inside my nerdy brain is uh, the second teaser trailer for the new Venom movie just came out. And I love it. I love the look of the living liquid symbiote uh, that is Venom. Symbiote? However you say it. Who cares? Um, <laughs> we're not getting to see a lot of content ultimately, but the payoff is pretty big in this second teaser trailer. We get to actually see Tom Hardy transform into Venom, which... That was oddly lacking in the first teaser trailer. <laughs> also, we didn't see Venom at all. But um, it looks like they actually used a blend of practical and CGI effects because it definitely has kind of a, a mask sort of 
sort of weighted in realism sort of feel, but you can definitely tell there's CG as it sort of forms in liquid around Tom Hardy's face. But in my opinion, it looks pretty darn good. And uh, I don't mind a little bit of the a guy wearing a mask feel if it's if it feels like it's real or just some really super darn good CG where I can't tell the difference. But um, right here from this point, it is Venom Blackout for me. <laughs> you know that I avoid trailers historically, or maybe you don't, but I do. I like to basically be as as much as I can possibly be surprised with any comic book movie or Star Wars movie. So I'm blacked out. That is it. No more looking at Venom uh, still images or any trailers or anything. Uh, but you should check it out for sure. <laughs> um, Venom is set-ish for a uh, worldwide release on October 5th of this year. I can't wait. But go online, check it out. The second teaser trailer from the new Venom movie starring Tom Hardy. And I hope he doesn't sound anything like the Monopoly guy. I'm Venom! Venom will attack you with my tendrils! Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Bane! But anyway, another thing that's lodged in there real good <laughs> is uh, Avengers Infinity War. Avengers 3. It's coming out this Thursday, day after tomorrow. It's crazy. It's Tuesday, I know. It's a late posting podcast. Um, Weird. I usually post on Sunday. But the trip to San Francisco uh, put me a little off. But anyway, Avengers Infinity War is coming out this Thursday, April 26th. Do you have your tickets? Are you ready? I hope so. I do. Uh, move over, Rampage. <laughs> it's Avengers Assemble time. That's right. I will be seeing it at the opening night fan event at uh, the AMC Theaters, where you get to see the movie an hour earlier than the general public, so it's at 6 o'clock. Uh, you get an exclusive Avengers coin, a Avengers popcorn and soda tin, a special event-only concession offer. Don't really know what that is yet. Some other sort of themed uh, food nugget. And uh, a also some exclusive content, quote-unquote, whatever that means. <laughs> Maybe just uh, uh, hopefully it's not one of those little director things that introduce something and show uh, footage from the movie in the background as that's going on. Yeah, there's been a couple that have done that in these fan events. I hope it's non-spoilery. Come on, guys. But anyway, I'm super excited. I went back and watched Avengers 1 and 2 in preparation, so bring it on. Uh, it's going to make $1.21 gigillion, folks. And it's probably going to get like 105% on the tomato meter rating. I don't know how that's possible, but I, I could see that happening. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, what's also amazing is that I made it this far without seeing the trailer. And I've actually only seen two static images that were spoilery. So that bummed me out. But uh, I've stayed away from watching this trailer. And everyone, of course, uh, had their face melted and their minds blown by it. I didn't even look at it. So I'm going to be super surprised. I can't wait. It's going to be all fresh and feeling good for me. Uh, but man, um, you almost got me a few times there, Internet. <laughs> but anyway, get your tickets. Uh, I will, of course, be reviewing it, uh, Avengers Infinity War, on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. So tune in for that. I will be reviewing it. Probably if you've listened to me in the past, I don't really like the heavy spoiler movies uh, at all. And even if I've seen it way after the release. But... I'll give you probably a semi-spoilerish review of Avengers very soon, more than likely for next podcast, uh, 154. So tune in for that to hear my thoughts on Avengers Infinity War. Can't believe it. Coming out April 26th, finally. And the last thing that's up inside of bouncing around my nerdy frontal lobe is that I'm actually creating my very own comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And it is just something I've dreamed of doing for so many years since I was just a little kid. 
I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his gorgeous art. Please check out his Instagram at scablad, S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D. And just a quick update, uh, he's mailing the last couple of pages, uh, 28, 27, 26 and 27. He's working on page 28 and 29 to wrap up issue number one of the comic book that I created called Zombie Destroyers. So there's a little update for you. And if you want to see what it looks like, just go put your eyeballs on my website, uh, sunspotscomics.com, and click Zombie Destroyers. There's six sample pages there. Uh, There's a cover page. There's pages one through four. And there's this ridiculous cosplay picture of Jordan's dad dressed as a character that I created from my comic book called Zombie Destroyers. So... Please go look at it. I'm an independent comic book creator just trying to crack into the comic book biz. Uh, Go to sunspotscomics.com, click on Zombie Destroyers to see what my comic book looks like. I hope maybe sometime later this year, have it out there and uh, marketing it and selling it to you. Maybe a crowdfunding thing, who knows, but Zombie Destroyers, it's my baby and I can't wait to walk my baby out into the sunlight and show it to you. But anyway, also next up is a quick mention of a segment I'm super proud of called Spotlighting. And I just wanted to mention uh, a couple of Fridays ago, I put a spotlighting interview into the podcast feed with an interview with a comic book artist and movie director named Troy Nixie. Hey, Troy. I know you listen to the podcast. Thank you for that, by the way, Troy. Um, I posted it just, like I said, a few weeks ago. He is this artist of this Dark Horse comic book that I love called Vinegar Teeth. Uh, Issue number four just came out, uh, which I may be talking about very soon. And he also directed a movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. It was written by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, So check it out. It's on the feed. You can follow Troy Nixie on all of his social media, at Troy Nixie, T-R-O-Y-N-I-X-E-Y. I'm super proud of it, and I'm humbled that he allowed me to do this interview with him. So please go check it out. Go to the feed. Check out my spotlighting interview with Troy Nixie. And if you yourself are trying to break into the comic book business like me, and you would like to have a conversation right here on a future podcast, send me a message or even send me some of your review work so I can look at it uh, via PDF. You can send it to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or, of course, send me a little sample of your comic book you're creating uh, to all my social media at sunspotscomics. I do have a couple of people kind of lining up. You know who you are. Thank you for being on standby. It's just a matter of scheduling and getting it all together. But you will see some new interviews in the spotlighting segment on this podcast coming very soon and there's a ton of them in the feed go to the feed and check out those spotlighting interviews they are fantastic with some fantastic people in the comic book business already or just trying to get there but that is our spotlighting section i just wanted to mention but now on to the centerpiece the moment you've all been waiting for here we go now this is the sunspots comics podcast part where i take out and review and tell you all about my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I share with you my favorite of all the new comic books that just came out this last new comic book day, Wednesday, April 18th. So just in case, semi-spoiler-ish, super-duper light alert. But really, don't worry. I really don't touch the last couple of pages. I only talk about some of the interesting points in comic books. I don't want to waste it and ruin it and spoil it. I really just want to inspire you and get you excited and just, just get the juices flowing so you go and read these comics and just in case, so you've been super duper light, semi-spoilerish alerted. But also, if you want to see everything encapsulated that is all Sunspots comics and everything we're doing and past picks and what are what is, what's on my pull list, because right now my pull list is up to 112 titles, just go over to sunspotscomics.com. It's got everything on it. I even have on the front page, 
a listing of every comic book movie in chronological order, just cataloged there so you can see, hey, what comic book movies are coming out? Well, it's on the front page of sunspotscomics.com. So I'm super proud of it. It's a very super light, super easy breezy website. Uh, go over to sunspotscomics.com from time to time and check it out. I'm going to update it right after I finish recording this very podcast. And now let's talk about the art winners. Man, comic books have some gorgeous, amazing, beautiful art in them. And so every week I pick a artist winner and a cover artist winner. Uh, of course, all art is subjective, but this is what I feel was most beautiful. Made my eyeballs the happiest. So this week's artist winner goes to Stuart Eminent. He did Amazing Spider-Man 799. You can follow him on everything at Stuart Eminent and his website. You should check out his website. He's got some interesting pieces there that are not really comics, but just beautiful pieces of art at Eminent.ca. He spells his name I-M-M-O-N-E-N.ca. Check it out. There's some gorgeous stuff there. But <clears throat> his art for Amazing Spider-Man 799 is just fantastic. It's an absolute workshop of what comic book art should look like. There's this one sort of two-page, it is a two-page splash, where it goes from blinding bright fire with Johnny Storm in the top left to Peter Parker sitting in a dark laboratory, and it's just this exploration of light to dark, and it's lovely, absolutely lovely. You get to see Miles Morales in there, you get to see Mary Jane on the phone, and Johnny Storm in full flame-on mode flying through New York City with just this gorgeous, epic, sweeping cityscape behind him uh it's fantastic it's breathtaking absolutely breathtaking but there's a page two where there's like sort of nine panels in a row where he has to go from happy to sad to angry to happy to sad to angry like in this progression it's insane and these are with different characters uh, it's it is an absolute workshop in how emotions need to be drawn on the face of characters it's just top-notch stuff Stuart Eminem is amazing but um, go look at it. Uh, it's it's even, I'd say one of the best things I love about Stuart Eminem's art is his absolute disregard for standard panel design and placements. He's all over the place. He'll go from like a page with no panels and just sort of square grids, another two-page splash that shows this epic fight scene with everyone, uh, the spider team and the, the red goblin carnage. It's just amazing. And the way he uses speed and the streaking aspect that a lot of comics do, but then this sort of destruction and this explosion of rock sort of down towards the bottom and the use of smoke. It's just this beautiful collage. And he'll even use uh, the actual sort of angle of a character's back as your framework for where the other art begins. It's hard to describe, but he melds them all together in this beautiful collage of action uh, in a two-page splash. You're about midway, about page 15 in Amazing Spider-Man 799. But go look at it. It'll make you so happy. It'll you'll If you haven't looked at comics in a while, you'll go, oh my gosh, that's what comics look like? Yeah, it does. It's like that. It's Stuart Eminem, folks. Check it out. It is gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And this week's cover artist winner is Alex Ross. Yes, for his work, his cover on Amazing Spider-Man 799. So, wow. The cover winner was Stuart Eminem for Amazing Spider-Man 799. And the cover art winner... For Alex, as Alex Ross uh, for Amazing Spider-Man. It's gorgeous. Follow him at the Alex Ross Art on everything. But it's mostly red and shades of red where the Carnage Goblin is standing in the center and all of the sort of spider team are just sort of strewn across a, upon his feet. And in the very background behind that in red 
is the sort of silhouette of the spider eyes in the background in sort of a streaking, sort of reflective way. It's gorgeous. And then the uh, Goblin Carnage, the Red Goblin Carnage is, is smoking, like his hand is smoking. There's like smoke rising from it. And there's kind of this, this like lava-esque fire burning out of his mouth. It is gorgeous, and uh, you have Miles Morales and uh, the team, uh, Spider Team, that's gathered, all uh, just fallen victim to the Carnage Goblin, and it's just this gorgeous sea of red. And whenever Alex Ross does anything, it's it's photorealistic, it's gorgeous, it's epic, it's something you want on a poster, you want on a shirt, uh, you want on a coffee mug, on socks, on underwear, on everything. It's just, <laughs> at least I do, but um, check out the cover, guys, for Amazing Spider-Man issue 7.99, a thing of pure beauty. I'm telling you, gorgeous. And the breakdown. I actually read 20 comics this week, and six of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's impressive, most impressive. And there were zero new number ones, which is odd. There's always at least one, but there was no new number ones this week. I like to always tell folks about them, so you can jump on and get in right when a new number one hits the stands or stores. But there was zero this week. So let's get into my top comic book recommendations. This is the Great Ones list, folks. Grab a pencil, a pen, a Scantron, something to write on, your notes on your phone, etc., etc. Write these down and go buy these at your local comic book shop today. You will not be disappointed. I read 20 and only 6. These great 6 made it to the top recommendation list here. So here we go now. Let's break into them. Let's start it off with number 6. 6. 6. This week's number six is from Image Comics, Lazarus, issue number 27. And uh, this is from Greg Rucka, written by Greg Rucka, and art by Michael Lark with Tyler Boss. I guess they teamed up, which you can't tell. It's one very flowing, beautiful, uh, photorealistic, hyper-realistic art that is Lazarus. That is what it's really all about. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's a very true, realistic, gravity-feeling, weighted, uh, physically correct kind of art very kind of like i said photorealistic that's what you're gonna get from michael lark and tyler boss great art gritty very gritty but lazarus is uh, back from like a six month hiatus i mean wow we've missed it although there were some uh, data file issues and like this x lazarus x66 spinoff which didn't even make my pull list i'll be honest um, but the flagship title here lazarus is back and they decide to go back in time. They gotta go back in time. Anywho, um, this <laughs> shows this little side story of Jonah Carlyle. He's the brother of Forever Carlyle. She's the main character who is uh, the Lazarus, or in other words, a, she's a badass super serum soldier. That's what she, the Lazarus is in this world. It's about these, these mega corporation families that are all warring against each other and everyone else is called waste because it's just the super billionaires or the super poor and uh, there's no middle in between and they're just constantly at war and at battle with each other. So uh, Jonah Carlyle jumped into the ocean in issue 26 six months ago or I think it was even longer than six months ago to escape this, this torture compound where the Hawk family... Uh, was trying to get their secret serum that extends the Carlisle's family's lives. So apparently they live for a very long time and the other families want this. Uh, another reason for them to be at war constantly. But this is a great cinematic telling of how he is almost dead uh, in the ocean floating. And then he's ultimately shown kindness from this family of folks that are all fishermen, fisherwomen, fisher people. And... <laughs> 
and they, uh, you know, help him out, take him from the ocean, and he's just floating, he's like near dead, and it's this wonderful, great development of Jonah's character from from almost death to living a decent life. I mean, he, they they rehabilitate him. He learns that a hard day's work uh, is awesome. Uh, it, it's beneficial and, and gratifying. And also, he's surrounded by this beautiful love interest of his. I mean, how can you beat that? He's on the ocean, fishing, doing a hard day's work, and there's this woman he's fallen in love with, falling in love with. But man. Uh, how a good woman can make a man all better. <laughs> that's definitely that that's here. Uh, but this feels like a, another, another great, very deep character development, which is what Lazarus is all about. They're knee deep in that. It's just lovely writing. Uh, it's political intrigue. It's a very in-depth character development of all of these, uh, the, the puzzle pieces, the chess pieces that are moving within this family corporate war and uh, headed by these awesome sort of super soldiers named Lazarus. So, Lazari? I don't know. Anyway, get Lazarus. I know it's a, it's a maybe a daunting task to go back 26 issues, but it has been fantastic. If you even jumped in right here and don't know what it's all about, there's a great previously on, if you do want to jump in here. And then this is kind of a, a character we really haven't seen in this world. So it is just kind of an interesting story of a man that's saved, that has a lot of sort of political baggage, but this family of fishermen and woman, fisher people, uh, help Jonah. So very cool. Lazarus, get it. Issue number 27 was phenomenal. I'm so glad it's back, and I hope it's on a regular schedule monthly from here. Image, pretty please. <laughs> but coming in at number five is Vinegar Teeth. Yes, issue number four, the final issue here. Uh, this is by Troy Nixie from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, also, art and lettering is Troy Nixie. The script is also co-written by Damon Gentry and Troy Nixie. But he's the guy that I interviewed on a past podcast in my spotlighting uh, feature. He directed a film called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, written by Guillermo del Toro. Troy Nixie, fantastic, friendly, fun, awesome guy that was nice enough to be on the podcast and let me interview him. But he did the art here and the writing, and this is gorgeous. This is this, I love this kind of odd alien story set in a twisted version of like the late 1920s, I guess. That's where he likes to live. It is over the top. It's, <laughs> I even love the the loud but very super fitting uh, use of lettering that fills each and every panel. It just fills it with sound. It makes it very busy. It builds the sort of tension up as this alien armada is crashing down upon the land. But this is a funny buddy cop alien boozy kind of fun story <laughs> that's the best way i can uh, describe it to encapsulate the whole thing uh we finally learn who our weird gelatinous scrotum shaped uh cop that is vinegar teeth um came from like where where he's uh from uh because uh, some family is visiting the planet uh and does not have the best of intentions that's all i'll tell you but it's a it's really a telling of how oddly paired friendships sometimes just magically work that's what this is about in its deep core, if you will, that is Vinegar Teeth. Um, but the art, Troy Nixie's art on every single panel is complex, it's unique, it's strange, it's it has some great like blurgy and splorg sound effects that make it just all kind of gross. Maybe the closest I can compare Troy Nixie's art to is Chris Bocciolo. Check some of his stuff out on Doctor Strange. Uh, you have to kind of look at it constantly to really see what's happening. But as you do that, the story opens up more and he, he writes little gags in the background, if you will, and noise and sound effects. Troy Nixie has a fantastic, amazing style. I did have to hunt down and scour the earth for everything that Troy Nixie's done. 
and uh, so happy I did. It's all phenomenal stuff. There's not a lot out there from Troy Nixie, but look them up. You'll be satisfied. You'll be happy. Your eyes will go like, man, this is weird and strange and odd. And I love it. But that is what uh, Vinegar Teeth is all about. Uh, check it out. It's fun. It's weird. It's twisted. Again, the main character named Vinegar Teeth is this weird uh, gelatinous uh, goop of a person that no one ever recognizes as odd, even though he's this walking uh, sl- giant sluggy slime thing. But uh, it's fantastic. It's buddy cop stuff. Vinegar Teeth. Only a mini series of four issues, folks. You can get them all. They're probably going to collect them in a nice little, you know, collection. But uh, go get them in single issues. It's fantastic. Vinegar Teeth from Dark Horse. Thank you, Troy Nixie. Fun, goofy, odd, weird, gross stuff. And coming in at number four is The Spider King from uh, IDW Comics, issue number three, The Spider King. And this was definitely a runner-up for cover art of the week. If you look at this, it's gorgeous. It has this fantastic framework, this ominous Spider King demon in the background as this sort of small town is in flames as our archer is in the foreground with a little little cute little sidekick with these big bug eyes. It's adorable, but the framework of it is fantastic. It's Vikings meets Aliens. It's a, a ton of fun, but this is written by Josh Van and illustrated lovingly by fantastic artist, definite art runner-up of the week. It was tough between this and Stuart Eminen, but art by Simone D'Armini, that is the Spider King, fantastic, and this is chapter three called Kajartan Daughter, <laughs> I think, but a great previously on, I love previous lawns on to get you caught up, this has been on time though in monthly, Spider King from IDW, fantastic job guys, this is Vikings and Aliens, I love it, and now the leader of the evil Vikings, Eric, Arik, has transformed into the Spider King, like it's finally happened. Here it is. We haven't seen the Spider King until now. And I love that the Spider King is actually an enemy of the aliens that have crash-landed in this planet, on the Earth here. And uh, so ultimately it makes the the good Vikings that are now kind of keeping an alien with them that they can't understand, which is crazy, that's probably leading them to their doom, possibly. You kind of realize that the Spider King is an enemy of the aliens. So the good Vikings now, you know, friend of uh, an enemy is uh, an enemy of a friend, whatever it is. Um, but the good Vikings led by Rolf, uh, they have to basically ally uh, with the alien that they've found in a quest to kill the Spider King. So this quest has begun. That's the issue now of the Spider King issue number three, where the epic quest has now begun to kill the Spider King. And this has some very unique, dense art. I mean... It reminds me of kind of Headlopper art, the artist there. His name escapes me, but it'll come up soon in my brain. But uh, also some of that Chris Bocciolo, very complex, unique. Uh, just so, like, like he must be an engineer or have spent some time uh, being an engineer. Because there's some really interesting framework here where it looks kind of like a beautiful blueprint is the best way to describe Simone D'Armini's art. Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Another art contender. There were like three in a row. Um, you know, Chris Eminen beat him out by a smidge but this was also fantastic art in spider king by simone d'armini d'armini yeah but uh uh check this out it is uh, only on issue three get in here before it i think this is going to be a uh, a mini series of like 10 it feels like and i think i read that somewhere but i don't really have any solid factual data to back that up but uh if you want to see some complex fun art vikings uh, meets aliens meets spider king demon they're using some alien technology in this to battle against the spider king hopefully that'll help them because spider king is all powerful all badass gonna be a big problem for them uh as a the good vikings make their quest 
But man, I got to mention too, there's this crazy uh, splash page where you got to look at it carefully because there's a lot of spider eggs and this weird alien crawling around and goopy web everywhere. And he's dropped his skin. Eric used to be a Viking and now he's this spider king. And there's this just goop of human flesh laid behind all in one splash page. It is just a lot to look at. There's a ton of lines on it and it's absolutely gorgeous. But who doesn't love Vikings and aliens, folks? Get Spider King. Trust me. Issue number three. Jump in there. Get the other two. They are phenomenal. Top notch. But now we approach the top three. The best of the three of this week's comic books that were brand new that just came out. So here we go now. Break it into the top three. Coming in at number three is the fur- the longest title this week, by the way. The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson. From Image Comics, this is issue number four. This is written by... Um, art and written by... Oh my gosh, this is one of those where they put the name all the way in the back. I hate when they do that. But I'll find it here in a second. But um, this, uh, The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson is a, a very kind of sweet, uh, heartwarming... It's a very realistic approach at telling a story about this egotistical superhero who's lost his powers. That's That's what it ultimately is about in this world that I believe has no superheroes in it anymore but <laughs> I think but he is this kind of you know he's, he's lost his powers he's chubby he's a bit sad he's kind of lonely lovable-ish kind of character and it's this story about being humble is at its core here because this company run by his arch nemesis his arch enemy wants to do a Nick Wilson museum but is handling things in a really shady way. It's like they're setting up for this arch-villain to finally take Nick Wilson out. It just seems that way. just seems like there's some shady deals going on. Could be wrong, but it feels like that's uh, that's what's happening here. But, uh, by the way, there's great bonus material in this. Just want to want to mention that. By the way, here we go. Here's the team. Story by Eddie Gordeski and Mark Andreco. Written by Eddie Gordeski. Detsky and Brit Inker, but illustrated by Ian Churchill. Fantastic, very realistic, but cartoony style feel of art. Very physically real, very grounded in reality, not a lot of um, way out there craziness. It's it's very kind of conservative in that way. It's just a, a comic book that looks like today and, look, and has a look and feel very much of like opening your front door and walking around the earth. That's kind of what it looks like. But also, at its core here, my favorite sequence uh, that I'll mention is when he deals with this man that he saved, but crippled in the process. Very reminiscent of when Spider-Man say, uh, goes to save uh, Gwen Stacy, and she's falling from... Uh, I, I won't even spoil it, but it reminds me of that, when uh, he, our, our hero Nick Wilson's trying to save someone that's falling, and cripples him, and he no, he can no longer walk. Um, so he's avoiding this guy, he's dreading it, and it does not turn out how he thinks it would at all. It takes a crazy turn. It was very, it ple- pleasantly surprised me as to where they went with this. But that was my favorite sequence sequence in The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson. It really got me. It was an emotional grab. Uh, it's done so well and weighted in reality here. It just kind of feels like you're watching this sort of, uh, almost kind of, kind of like a like a sitcom e feel but like there's a studio audience in it for some reason it kind of feels that way but it's not but check out the further adventures of Nick Wilson it is just this realistic gritty tale of a, a superhero that's lost his powers and has to now be humble when he was this humongous egotistical jerk 
and now uh, the world has humbled him. And check out all the bonus content in the back. It's fantastic stuff from some pencil sketches to a humongous sort of editorial letter here uh, regarding the further adventures of Nick Wilson. So great pick. Really enjoyed it. It grabbed me emotionally, especially the sequence with the, the person that he crippled. Uh, just big surprise. I don't want to spoil it, but check it out. You can read this on its own, really. There's a great kind of previously on as well that'll fill you in. But coming in at number two was a previous uh, pick, uh, high pick winner of the week uh, when it came out is uh, The Crow, Memento Mori, issue number two. So number one came out. I do believe it was a top pick or at least top three. And now here it is again, one month later, Crow, Memento Mori, issue number two is the number two pick of the week. It almost made it to number one. It was It's super solid good. It's kind of like a two-way tie for the number one, but... Memento Mori is a story by Roberto Riccioni and art by Werther Del Adera. I follow them both on everything. You should check them out. And then there's a bonus story at the end by David, because there's an end, I think, at the end. David with an E. Ferno. And uh, it's he even gives in lovely memory of his father, uh, without whom the story would not have been possible. Thank you for teaching me to smile and dance through life. That's what David Ferno wrote about his little bonus crow story at the end of this issue and i love bonus stuff i'm a sucker for it i love the crow the original james obar comic i love 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 the brandon lee movie i'm a humongous uh, bruce lee fan and brandon lee fan uh still breaks my heart to think that uh it's been like almost 30 years that since brandon has passed but anyway uh our crow his name is david he is a um he was a young altar boy of 16 uh, at the beginning sequence here, he his body is cut in half, and he is lying there dying, maybe? We don't know if he's fulfilled his crow-like duties in the revenge that's been dished out, which in the previous issue, it was these sort of modern terrorists that he took out, that looks like had to do with him dying at the young age of 16, but... Um, his very short life of 16 years flashes before his eyes in this fantastic flashback. I mean, this comic, I won't lie to you, is dark and twisted. And uh, we all uh, should live there at, from times as long as we can quickly grab to the light. But um, this is is maybe the best Crow comic I've read since the James O'Barr original has come out and i have read them all and some of them are good i just don't remember them being really this fantastically great it's the art team it's the writing team it's coming together perfectly and the amazing little bonus pieces at the end but uh david and his love interest sarah um have this interesting sequence with a catholic pastor and i, I all i'll say is that uh you know there's constantly a lot of stuff that is uh, said about Catholic pastors, and uh, I it, they led you to believe one thing in this as it was going in one direction, and it takes a crazy turn here. <laughs> That's all I'll really say, because um, I want you to just I want you to go get this. Trust me, it's so good. But um, this Catholic pastor has been sort of the adopted parents for both David and Sarah. Uh, it's a uh, it's a twist and dark twist here. But it's funny that even when the two kids are punished uh, for like having a very sort of innocent kiss, they sort of believe that they deserve it. That that they're that they're not uh, being loving. They're being sinful and lusty. And, and it's really not. It was so innocent, but yet they um, 
their teachings from this pastor uh, has uh, led them to believe that almost everything they do is filled with guilt. And uh, I'm sure that's a common feeling for a lot of people that are hardcore Catholic. Um, I was myself sort of semi-raised Catholic, and so I can feel, I can understand, I can relate to some of this guilt that's definitely feeling here. I was, I was, and also very upset with how some of these things went down in the sequence sequences with this pastor. It really upset me. It, it, it made me angry. It, it definitely evoked emotion in me, which rarely happens in comics. That's why this is most definitely a high pick here. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll be a little angry. It'll, you'll be upset reading this. Uh, but ultimately, did David the Crow character did he vanquish his enemies? Is that it, or uh, is he is he going to heal? He's cut in half. Like this this nice flashback of this love interest Sarah is wonderful. But like also, uh, I'll just say there's a great cliffhanger at the end here that maybe give you a, a clue into what's happening with David here because this you know at the end of issue number one, these terrorists had a bomb, etc. And so. I can't wait to see what happens here. I hope they keep delivering it on time. Again, get this. It's called The Crow Memento Mori. Thank you and shout out to uh, Cape and Cowl Comics in Oakland. Again, to Eaton. He was the only one that had this in his store. (laughs) So thank you again, Eaton, uh, for having Crow Memento Mori in your shop. But uh, this is hauntingly beautiful. Uh, The bonus issue, by the way, um, amazing. All very much set in the dark. Absolutely gorgeous uh, silhouetting style very dark but it's a woman crow that's having revenge on her killer it's a really short story but man it's gripping and emotional and beautiful they they really don't kind of show her in the absolute light there's just moments of light flashing to her in the dark and you i i bought this in paper and i'm reading it, it digitally as well uh and I'm, I'm zooming in digitally to see this moment where her face is just lightly silhouetted silhouetted in the dark and it's horrifying, but beautiful at the same time. And she has these scars sort of all going, uh, you know, stitches and scars all over her. But she's having her revenge, folks, against her killer. But uh, I think they should live in this character. I think this character needs to be her own issue. We haven't, as far as I remember, had very many, maybe one or two or zero. I can't really remember. Uh, Crow, that was a woman. And I think that's a, a, this would be a fantastic, all by itself, standalone issue or a continual series with this woman. But you got to see the bonus stuff at the end. You can tell it's something personal for the creator of this little issuette, uh, David Ferno. But it's uh, stunning. It's absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, I, I do like to live in the dark every so often. And uh, I, I revel in it right here with Crow Memento Mori, issue number two. Get it. Highest recommendation. Uh, phenomenal. Fantastic. But uh, anyway, here we go now. The number one. The one that beat them all. The one that's the big kahuna. This week's number one top comic book comic book pick of the week is the one that actually is our art winner, our cover artist winner of the week. Amazing Spider-Man issue number 799. That's right. Cover art by Alex Ross. Interior art by Stuart Eminen, our artist winner of the week. Uh, take a look at this cover, the Carnage Goblin in full regale, uh, destroying the spider team, standing there as a badass, posing as smoke and brimstone and fire rise from him. It's gorgeous. Norman Osborn is a fantastic villain, one that I hope uh, is here for a while. Seems lately uh, some of the Marvel villains are kind of one shot gone, and there's a lot more sort of drama involved. I want a 
villain to be sort of be a continual type situation. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It doesn't seem to be Marvel's thing anymore. But uh, I would love that. Like a 10-issue arc of a bad guy giving uh, Spider-Man and his Spider-Friends a, a really difficult time. That would be super, super fun. But this is also written by Dan Slott. I do believe Dan Slott's uh, last issue will be Amazing Spider-Man issue 800. That's from what I've read, which I'll be a little sad, but it'll be interesting to see what the new uh, era is because Dan Slott wrote Spider-Man for 10 years. He did a fantastic job, so you will be missed. But he did a, he wrote his ass off on this, folks. I mean, this is fantastic. Um, Spider-Man casts his web by sending his spider friends to protect his loved ones from uh, Norman Goblin Carnage Osborn. Uh, I really dig that uh, they're all kind of in place. They're they're awaiting the command of Spider-Man. He's definitely taken that leadership role, and I love that. It's it's very very prominent in this entire issue that he's the leader. They're all res- they all respect him and they're following him, and I like that. He's not this slap sticky stupid teenager. He's a, a a grown man here that is respected and paid his dues, and that's a, my Spider-Man for me. Um, <laughs> not uh, putting down or disparaging anyone that likes the younger versions of Peter Parker. I like him a little older. I like him being the leader. I like him in charge. I like him respected. He is Spider-Man. He's been around forever. And sometimes he's tossed away as like a, you're Spider-Man, get out of here. Not here. He's the leader of the spider team. I think that at its core is why I really dug this. <laughs> but um, I also like the conceptually that combining Goblin Serum and the Carnage Symbiote, Symbiote, Again, Biot, Biat, who cares? Um, <laughs> has made him virtually indestructible. I really like that. They've come at him with Sonic Blasts. Uh-uh, doesn't work. Johnny Storm, Fire Blast. Nope, not working. What are they going to do? What's going to happen? I mean, even Anti-Venom. Shh, ah, it burns. Nope, I'm good. Heals. Uh, so <laughs> Norman Carnage, Goblin, Osborn, phenomenal bad guy. Hope he stays around for a long time. Um, this has an, uh, an amazing two-page splash that I already kind of described during the art section, which is this exploration of light to dark. It's this fantastic fight sequence. It's just gorgeous. Huge cliffhanger at the end of this. Game-changing cliffhanger at the end was another reason why I seriously loved Amazing Spider-Man 799. By the way, they give you a glimpse of the cover art from Alex Ross for issue number 800. I mean, landmark issue 800. Ho, ho, ho. Oh boy, let me tell you, uh, it's Spider-Man posed, uh, fisticuffs ready, everyone sort of in his family and spider friends all there kind of looking up at this humongous demonic carnage goblin with, again, fire and brimstone coming out of his mouth uh, in the sea of red, beautiful, loving, Spider-Man-y sea of red, I want it in posters, coffee mugs, um, whatever, underwear, uh, you name it. Um, I'll, I'll buy it. I don't care. I love to tint my windows in this. That's how much I love it. But anyway, um, yeah, that's all I can say really without spoiling any more of Amazing Spider-Man 799. You really, this kind of stands alone too. You can kind of read this uh, all by itself for the fun, the action, the, the fast pace. Again, Peter Parker as a leader, he's sworn to not fight uh, Norman Osborn, Goblin, Carnage here, or... He, Carnage has, has vowed to kill everyone that he loves. So that's why the spider team is in place. But he's got a plan. He's going to do something. He's going to try to use his wits and play a little chess game here as Peter and not don the Spider-Man suit. But what's going to happen here, folks? Uh, how can he pull this off? 
a lot of his spider team uh, are not as strong or or skilled or have the amazing fighting fighting ability and spider sense etc uh but uh man what a cliffhanger at the end it's fantastic action-packed what a super team dan slot alex ross Stuart Eminen. Top, top, super. It's the top of the mountain, folks. This is where it is. Go look at Amazing Spider-Man issue 799. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. It's just, uh, it, it made me so happy. Made my nerd heart, my nerd heart just thumpity thumpity beat and and just have a huge nerdy smile on its face. If that's possible. <laughs> Put that image in your brain. But anyway, there you go. That's the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 153. Let me lock the vault door. Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, April 18th. Please support a local comic book shop in your area and buy these comics on paper immediately. Tell them that Chris at Sunspots Comics that works for Aftershock Comics sent you. Um, They won't know what you're talking about, but that's fine. (laughs) Maybe it'll be in California and they'll realize I've been to that shop because that's what I do for Aftershock Comics. But anyway, I hope uh, you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you go get those comics. If you have any questions, comments, you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, just email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. Maybe there's a comic book I should be reading. Tell me something. I, it's hard to read everything. There's a lot of stuff out there I miss. I would love to hear your recommendation. Please check out our blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Sign up for our email newsletter, sunspotscomics.com contact. Also, make a little visit over to cryptidzoo.com. My buddy Julian, he's the owner, he makes these super sweet augmented reality t-shirts based on cryptozoology. All you got to do is use this Erasma app and your smartphone, and you make these weird cryptid uh, zoo t-shirts come to life. It's so cool. You got to see it. And of course, use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS, and you'll get 25% off of your order. So please go there and use the code SUNSPOTSCOMICS. You'll get 25% off. And that's cryptidzoo.com. C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-Zoo.com. And please tune in next week for issue number 154 of the Sunspots Comics podcast. I'll be reading a list of 18 new comic books for April 25th. That's tomorrow. It's already Tuesday. With two new number ones coming out. So that's a lot of comic books. But I'm only going to read them and tell you about the best of them. So you can go buy them. And if you want to give a little back to us here, uh, just as a little uh, thank you, which we'd really appreciate, um, go to iTunes and give us some positive words, which can be really brief, and five stars. I'll even read your review on a future podcast, give you a shout out, and personally thank you by mailing you a little comic book related prize delivered right to your door. I've done it in the past. Uh, Thank you again to all the people that have written in. But uh, I love it, and I want to send comic books out to the world to make you happy, and I will send you a little something just for doing a friendly iTunes review. Um, But please subscribe to us, listen in, tell a nerdy loved one about us here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. But ultimately, thank you, a deep-hearted, much-felt thank you from the bottom of my heart here for listening to our podcast. I hope that I inspired you to buy some fantastic comic books. So until next week, spend some time with the ones that you love. And go read some comic books and then do those two things together. Read comics with the ones you love. Worlds collide. Stay nerdy, my friends, and be like water. See you next week. Bye-bye. Later.
same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics Town Check one, two, check one, two, it's Taco Tuesday, everybody!